0: Social justice is as big as the ocean. Um, it just has so many facets and it's so deep. And when we start to say, well, because of those things, we're not gonna treat you equally. That's when social justice answers that call.
1: Social justice is a topic on all of our minds. Whether we're thinking about an issue close to home or in other parts of the country, we can all agree there is work to be done here. TechBridge works in social justice through our products like Justice Server, but also by providing technology and services to social justice organizations. And, because social justice is one of our four core pillars on the path to eliminating generational poverty, we're excited to announce that we are hosting a National Social Justice Summit this fall. This summit will be emceed by Samantha Sanchez, TechBridge's Director of Social Justice, and will feature an impressive lineup of speakers and leaders in the social justice space. My guest on the show today is Samantha Sanchez. Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, uh, to start out, I want to hear kind of your story, uh, all about sort of what you do, what you're interested in, and a little bit about your own social justice journey.
0: Yeah, sure. Again, thank you for having me. Um, So I'm Samantha Sanchez, the Director of Social Justice with TechBridge, which is an amazing role to have. Um, I'd say that my justice uh, journey began as young as I can remember. um, My mother was a union president at the local chapter of the IBEW, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Um, Because of that journey with her, I got to go to um, different locations, uh, different friends' houses who were people that looked different than me. And so between that and um, having a Hispanic grandfather, I ended up having this sort of bubble develop around me that said uh, people who look different than you are completely normal. Um, I bring in the fact that I have a family with military history, and I know sometimes that can go either way as to whether or not um, what side of social justice that will lead you to. But in our case, um, my family was very accepting and, you know, these were your brothers in arms. And so all people were equal. And because of that, even though I was in South Alabama, I was sort of um, blind. I'll be honest, blind to the differences around me. And it wasn't until I uh, got older and I, I developed my friend group that I spent the most time with that some of them would you know, note that I had a lot of friends who were of color and not in a negative way by any means. But what I think it did was it Set up this boundary around me that said, "If you have something not nice to say about people who are different than you, um, you don't want to say it in front of her." <laughs> and so, um, it wasn't even until I was older and and really my eyes got open to um, the, the struggles that people were going through that others didn't see things the way I did, which is that you know all people are created equal, and so. As I started to realize that, it, it I got kind of annoyed and mad because I was like, "Why not? Like your logic is not. There's no logic there. Um, people are created equal and should be treated that way." And so I would say that's where my sort of passion for it came. Um, It wasn't until I started studying community development in Vanderbilt that I started to put some academic knowledge behind it and start to really understand different ways that I could contribute to social justice improvements. And so um, it was a blessing to be able to go to that college and let my course of study be how to make the world a better place through community development. Um, And then I'll say that the thing that's probably brought me the most close to social justice um, was when I was 31, I was diagnosed with um, a disability that now protects me under the Americans with Disability Act. I uh, have type one diabetes, and uh, my my life changed with that diagnosis. And all of a sudden, um, I started needing protections that come under that planning. And that's when it really told me that um, you know government intervention and really making um, things that do create uh, a difference in people such as a disease versus not having a disease. Um, not only are those of us with disease, for example, um, still wonderful, capable human beings that deserve to make a difference, but also um, without protections, we could be discriminated against to the point where we're not even able to make, to contribute to society. And that's, that's just a no-go in my book. And then I'll just add to that that uh, that's where TechBridge really comes in, though, because um, with my diabetes, I started wearing an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor, and all of them are technology based. My continuous glucose pump uh, tells me my blood sugar on this cute little blue device here, and then I use that information to plug it into my insulin pump to tell me how much insulin I need um, whenever I eat or if my butcher's just acting wonky. And so um, I really became a humongous fan of technology when it started being a lifesaver for me. Um, and so much so that when uh, I heard about TechBridge and what we do here, I was like, I'm all in. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's great. And you're right. You know, technology is just so important. It's so many different levels. And, and I think we're both proud uh, to be a part of that. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about social justice. It's a, it's a big topic. It's a, it's, a, it's a very meaty thing. So how, how would you sort of begin to define it? And, and how would you talk about like, why is it so critical? Why is it so important, especially at this particular juncture in time?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The phrase I use is um, social justice is as big as the ocean. Um, It just has so many facets and it's so deep. And um, there's no way to explain it sort of in one cute sentence that makes everyone understand. Uh, So the easiest way that I think about it is really the distribution of goods and um, how those are distributed to people who uh, have something that makes them, quote unquote, other. So, um, for example, I gave you the example of uh, ADA, someone with diabetes. Uh, there may be jobs that say, well, we're going to discriminate against pers- a person with a disability. And so we're going to uh, take that resource and not allocate it equally, even if the person has all the other. Um, things in common with someone else, they just happen to have that disability. And so for me, when we talk about not only jobs, but there's so many other resources that we need in this world. And when they're held back based on things that often are persons li- out, totally out of their control. I had no control over type, t- uh, type one diabetes. Um, people have no control over what the color of their skin is, where they're born. And when we start to say, well, because of those things, we're not going to treat you equally. That's when social justice answers that call, because we say, no, every human has value exactly as they are, and resources need to be distributed to us, whether or not it is uh, through protecting those resources, like the ADA protects you know, people with disability getting jobs, to eliminating discrimination in housing, such as when redlining red was removed from um housing. And so then if you pause there with social justice, say, let's distribute the resources equally. Now let's look at the effects these things have had and how do we make it right? And so when thinking about housing, even today with um, people giving out mortgages based on redlining, people of color are less likely to qualify for a mortgage because of, you can just follow the lines of the redlining that came down from that. Um, and just so uh, people know, so redlining is a historic item where uh, people of color were discriminated against um, in the ability to get housing based on uh, the areas they occupied. And those areas would often be outlined in red for mortgage providers. Um, that's just a little backup in case anyone needs it.
1: <laughs> so I, I'm I'm curious. So as you mentioned, social justice is, is as broad and as deep as the ocean. And I, I fully agree and I would say that the need for social justice has become more and more visible recently. Um, it, it, I feel like there was a time when it was a little less less visible to to some people, uh, maybe not to some, maybe not to other, to people that grew up like you did, but certainly to some people. And now it's more in the public square. Can you talk a little bit about that and sort of what that means?
0: Yeah, and and I hope my answer. It goes with what people would think, but I would actually argue a little bit that social justice ebbs and flows. Um, it's when the topic is high at hand that you see the most work done toward it, but then you will often see periods of time where um, we say as a society, oh, we will meet some strides in that, um, so we don't need to worry about that for a while, and we see um, that happened is currently happening to us again. And the example I'll use is voting. Um, Voting rights were established in the 1965 Voting Rights Act, um, where it was doing protections of all people to be able to vote. Well, okay, we're good, right? We've taken care of that. And when our attention moved elsewhere, we saw that uh, some, some changes started to be made at the state, lo- state level, changing how voting rights uh, were affecting people, especially uh, people of color. Um, and so all of a sudden, We have an election that people, uh, some people decide was uh, not the way they wanted it. And you see the downright attack on the Voting Rights Act. And so all of a sudden, again, it's back in the spotlight. But if you'll think about it, it was also in the spotlight in 1965, right, when that Voting Rights Act was passed. Um, Another example with the brutal murders of um, especially black men, but also black women of late, um, that's not a new thing unfortunately that's something that has been happening you know for years and we can go to statistics and documentation around that and what I would say is the first time I ever heard of that was the the Rodney King beatings back in the 1990s and so it had that attention then again attention changes, and shifts and here we are um it feels like in in 2019 2020 2021 repeating the same cycle and so um social justice, Is always an issue and it's one that if we don't keep a national spotlight on it at all times we're gonna watch um, any strides forward we make start to recede and so the question is uh, to me how do we change that how do we keep from um, making two steps forward and one steps back toward anything social justice related.
1: Wow, that's a I mean that's a really really good point. I appreciate how you sort of drew in past history with with current events to help sort of sort of showcase that. So, so that's a really that's actually a really good segue. We need to keep a national spotlight on social justice. TechBridge has recently announced that we're doing the we're we're creating a national social justice summit and you're going to be the MC for that, which is going to be amazing uh, because you're you're a wonderful person in front of a crowd. So, tell me all about that. Give me all the details.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's set for November 4th. And as of today, it's a hybrid event. It is one where um, if you're on the West Coast and can't make it to Atlanta, where we'll be in person, we're still going to be able to have you participating by watching um, a recorded feed from that morning and and staying up to date uh, with live uh, viewings as well. And our topics that you're going to be able to hear about are voting rights, as I just mentioned. Um, You can see that that's a hot topic right now, Um, but also eviction. Um, Again, I I brought housing up as well. Um, Two extremely hot topics right now, and both ones that we have seen technology make a huge difference on. And so we wanted to highlight that data and technology can be game changers when um, handling the eviction crisis that COVID-19 has heightened, not created but heightened. Um, And the Voting Rights Act, how have people been able to use that to fight back um, when voting rights are being removed? And so we're going to have amazing speakers on these topics who really know a lot about not only how to work with the data that comes out and and use it to make differences, um, but who also know about the technology behind that. And we'll be able to explain to people um, not why technology, you know, uh, let's code it, but instead uh, how you find the right people to implement it for you, how you teach them um, what you want to know. And then how you manage the information you gain going forward. And I'm so excited about that. Um, As of right now, we are planning on having um, Stacey Abrams be our keynote um, to talk to everyone about voting rights. And um, no need to explain what an expert she is on that topic.
1: No Um, doubt. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. (laughs)
0: and our audience for this event is not just the social justice advocates but it's also um, corporate folks and the reason behind that is because they are often the suppliers of the technology um, in order for us to collect these important inferences about how we um, change society right so we want them to understand the value of these things to the social justice advocates. And we also wanna hear from them how their corporate lives have changed now that the spotlight is so strong on the social justice movement across the country.
1: Mm, I love that, I love that. So it sounds like you're bringing together, I mean, really lots of different groups of people at a national summit to really talk about the big issues that we're really dealing with right now among social justice. Is that, just to make sure I got all that, right?
0: No, you're exactly right. Um, it, but I will say we drilled down to, to two really hot topics today, um, because if we wanted a summit that would cover the entire social justice, that would take up uh, probably all of your 2022.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I laugh, but that's, that's a sad statement, really. Uh, it really would take up all of our time. But, but again, you know, to your point, we've got to focus on depressing issues of our time and those two are, are really really big ones right now. So wow, uh, that's amazing. any is there anything else you'd like to share related to the social the National Social Justice Summit?
0: I would just say to sign up now and if you feel safe and are willing to travel to Atlanta, join us in person to hear um, from these voices directly in the crowd and network with your fellow advocates who can be there. Um, We're doing our best to um, ensure everyone can join. So there will be accessibility features. Um, So we want to make sure that if you're like me, you're a social advocate who um, is bringing something to the table with you, then um, that you're still going to be able to participate fully. And um, you just can't say enough about being in the same space as the people who know the same things. That's how collectives are built. And that's how we press collective action. Um, and that's how we learn from one another in order to say, that's working for you. I think that could work in my state too. So um, being there in person, if you feel safe.
1: I totally agree. I think being in the same room has a lot of power. There's a lot of energy in it and there's a lot of ability to to build upon what one another are doing um also if you if you do want to sign up if you want to get it get your ticket make sure to go to techbridge.org and look for the events link on the website to get your ticket today that's techbridge.org so samantha as we're wrapping up i'm just wondering you've shared a lot of really really good information with us today. Do you have any final thoughts related to social justice or the convergence of technology and social justice that you'd like to share with us?
0: Yeah. So if for whatever reason you're not able to make the summit, I would say, please do go over to techbridge.org and check out our social justice offerings. Um, You know, we're really well known for our product Justice Server, which is a case management and pro bono portal. Um, but we also have a lot of other offerings to help you with program management, um, to help you with communication, uh, data collection. And overall, that's really important to us at TechBridge because we want to build steps that um, lead to predictable pathways out of poverty. And so, when a, whenever other nonprofits are able to collect data and share it, um, communicate with each other and work together, we're doing just that. And one day, we're going to have the blueprint that we can implement in order to make sure sure that all persons are able to access those resources equally and equitably, which is, you know, my goal for social justice.
1: That's it. That's a, that's absolutely our goal. So again, as a reminder to our listeners, visit techbridge.org to find out all the different ways that we can support you in your effort to uh, support and grow and help with social justice. And especially look for the nonprofit not not the nonprofit sorry the national social justice summit event on the website and RSVP today. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been amazing. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for listening to TechBridge Talks, a podcast about breaking the cycle of generational poverty through the innovative use of technology. This podcast is produced by TechBridge. To find out more about our work and how you can be a part, visit TechBridge.org. That's TechBridge.org. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening and tune in next week for more great content.